Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Thursday's show, the month of January, is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. Find any excuse throughout the day to call upon the name of Jesus. Do it with faith, hope, and love. I remind you, using the name of Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, Mary, uh, in a way that's cavalier, in a, uh, at, at the tail end of a joke, or when you stub your funny elbow, that's a sin. That's a violation of the second commandment. The name of Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Mother, should only be used for honor, praise, worship, and adoration, specifically Amen. the three persons of the Trinity. Hey, today we're going to talk about one of the bravest priests in the world. And on, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's one of the things that we try to profile here is inspirational and brave people. Well, <clears throat> look no further. There's an incredible priest. By the, he's a Venetian priest. He's over in Italy. His name is Father Don Floriano Pellegrini. We will just call him Father Pellegrini. He's a mountain priest. He's, he's, a, he's a priest of the people. And he wrote a letter to Pope Francis. He wrote it from his heart. He wrote it as a brother priest. And he knows he doesn't have any juridical authority over Pope Francis. But you could tell this priest has been just observing the last 10 years of his papacy. And what he's doing, he wrote an honest, heartfelt letter to Pope Francis. Why? This is called in New Testament theology, fraternal correction. When you take a brother and you say, just like Paul did to Peter, and, 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 and you tell him, I'm going to resist you to your face for your hypocrisy. Or Paul says to the Galatians, Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? This letter is much like that. Paul, when you read the letter, what did you think? Yes, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I, I really couldn't believe it. And I, you know, when you say that he's a mountain priest, I'm just reminded of like a John the Baptist, you know, <laughs> something about the wilderness, something about the frontier, the mountains, that's, that's good for the soul, you know? And so I'm sure that, you know, when you get away to the mountains or to the, to the wilderness, uh, uh, you know, you, you get rid of all the distractions. You can, you can have that direct line. And I'm sure that the Holy Spirit literally, uh, he, well, I know he did. He spoke beautifully through this priest. And uh, again, um, it, 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 it's not even a, a, a funny matter because, you know, you can hear his love. But at the same time, he's all about the business, the business of the faith. You know, he yeah. he's direct and um, uh, and matter of, you know, he, he just he breaks it down exactly like it needed to be broken down on every single point. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to go through it because it's worth going through. So. This is yep. a letter from Father Don Floriano Pellegrini. He's a priest in Italy, in, in, in Venice, Italy. He wrote it to uh, Jorge Mario Bergoglio, Pope Francis, December 31st, 2022. And from what, I've been, from what I hear so far, uh, there still hasn't been any repercussions. People have been thinking this guy's going to get canceled. Nothing yet. And I, and I hope... Uh, he did nothing to get canceled. All he did was speak the truth to a fellow brother priest. 
He also he actually calls him dear brother Jorge Mario Bergoglio. He says, I have wanted to write to you for at least a year to kindly invite you to step aside. <laughs> First sentence, step aside. First yeah. sentence. And to relieve the Holy Catholic Church of the grave pain you cause her. This morning, therefore, I decided to do it. Although in the meantime, expected but still unforeseen, the painful news of the death of Pope Benedict XVI has reached me too, whose successor you declare yourself to be, with the name of Francis I. I am a 66-year-old mountain priest to whom the diocesan bishops have always tried, and still try, to put, uh, to put a, I don't know what that means, a spanner in the works for the simple reason that I do not follow the hypocritical and according to some Jesuit principle of always obey in the external forum, except then do it when once and without scruples of conscience in the internal forum as long as it is kept secret. So in other words, he's saying, they've been trying to cancel me because, uh, you know, I'm not playing your, I'm not playing the game of, with, with, uh, with the modernist. That's what he's saying there. He writes, this is the moral that I was taught in the seminary of Belluno in the years nine, of nine, between 1970 and 1980. A morality to which, however, I did not submit and it is for this reason that while working no less than others, I have always been kept on the sidelines. So in other words, he's kind of a semi-canceled priest. You can see from this letter, uh, you can see from this letter that he's an Orthodox priest and he's been paying the price for his orthodoxy and he's, and, and, uh, he's letting Pope Francis know about it. He says, you know, okay. And yet, yet for the same reason, I am loved by many faithful men and women, young and old, who ask me for constant and growing spiritual direction. I became the trustee of the confidences and no, not only a venerable priest, and I was the privileged one, still a seminarian, to whom Cardinal Albino Luciani, recently beatified, addressed one of the last letters before entering the conclave. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, can I make a comment? Yes. Yeah. Um, what you see here is... Um, when he says that, you know, they attempted to put him on the sidelines, not because of any lack of effort or zealousness or, or love on his part uh, for the ministry, but simply because uh, he does not act in any type of a hypocritical way. Mm-hmm. He does, you know, his internal life is consistent with his external life. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and, and I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm reminded of sacred scripture when it says those those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. A lot That's of times him. we, we like him. To, yeah, yep. yeah, we like to think of that persecution as coming from the world, you know, like mm. we have this great testimony for the Lord. But here's the sad reality. Um, Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. Right. So those that we expect to, you know, uh, that should be welcoming those that should be, uh, you know, uh, you know, your biggest support. Sometimes uh, they're they're the biggest impediment to, to to the plan of God. That's that's just the thought that comes to my mind uh, in general. Hundred percent correct. Go to continue with that yeah. paragraph. 
Okay. I am sorry to hear from the media about your health difficulties and to see from them that you are worsening, forced to use a wheelchair. I admire the fortitude with which you try to cope with it, and it saddens me when I observe in the tension of your face and at times in the ill-conceived nervous tension of your demeanor that you can uh, that you cannot that you cannot hide. So I pray for you. Um, but please withdraw. He's back to it, Jesse. There he goes you know, again. Yeah, Second time. He, yeah, he's saying, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, concerned about your health, and I see that. And, and I'm, you know, and, and, and why you are putting a, a good effort. But he says, but let's get back to it. Please withdraw. The reasons, the reasons why you should feel compelled to do so are much greater than health problems, which also, as you have recognized and declared, could make your Petrine service less suitable. And then he says, these are other unresolved questions of, uh, there are other uh, uh, unresolved questions of essential importance, which I believe it is my duty to explain with the benevolent heart of a brother and with the precision of a confessor. I like that, Jess. Listen, he's saying, listen, uh, I, I love you as a brother. That's why we're having this conversation. Right. If a, you know, if a brother among you, you know, be in sin, what does the Bible say? Just you need to go to him. Yeah, go to him. It's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if he listens to you, you've restored a brother. But if he refuses to listen, the next stage is you take, you know, you go with two or three more. Right. Matthew 18, if, 15. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then if he continues, you know, to not, uh, you know, uh, listen to you, it's just take it to the church. Well, if you're out there and you're part of the Holy Catholic Church, the body of Christ, and you happen to hold a position uh, of authority within that church, you have a responsibility. And if, and if you don't um, you know, take the words of, that the Holy Spirit gave us through sacred scripture serious, well, let me give you another word. Uh, judgment begins with the house of the Lord. Yes. Uh, Go ahead, so anyway, um, yeah, um, trying to, okay, um, he says, uh, with the precision of a confessor, he says, uh, th then you will evaluate, he says, in conscience before God, whether it is honest and dutiful to take them into account, or on the contrary, it is honest and listed not to take them into account. So he's saying, listen, I get it. You want to, you want to, you want to look at what I'm saying, but he says, let your conscience be your guide. If what I'm saying is good, then, you know, evaluate it as such and, and take heed. But if, you know, but if you determine that what I'm saying is, is, is not good, then, you know, don't take it into account. Yep. Jesus 911. We're reading the letter of one of the bravest priests Alive today, uh, Father Don Floriano Pellegrini from Italy, Venice, Italy. He's writing to Pope Francis, and he's writing with, with, with the heart of a brother. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Welcome to Jesus 911. Paul Clay, Jess Romero. We're sharing with you a letter written by a very, very brave, courageous priest, full of fortitude, full of the Holy Spirit, Father Don Floriani Pellegrini. He's a priest from Venice, Italy. He wrote a letter to Pope Francis. Uh, he calls him Dear Brother Mario, Jorge Mario Bergoglio. It's a it's it's a it's basically a Matthew 18, 15, 18 letter. It's a letter of fraternal correction. He writes it in Italian. Paul and myself, we're reading the English translation, so it may be a little choppy from Italian to English, but we'll do our best. He writes, many faithful from all over the world, including theologians and jurists, are uncertain about the validity of Benedict XVI's resignation, for which they have believed and will always believe that he was the last pope and you an abusive and braggart. Now, although I am unable to evaluate such a conviction, and in any case have always considered, albeit with some questions, your election to be valid due to the very fact that such a doubt exists. It seems clear to me that a diminutio, powerful of your human and, and, and priestly credibility. You can pretend not to know that there are these questions touted all the time and in major languages by various books and countless articles about the validity of your election. But does it make sense? Paul, so uh, I just want to say that thing, things that are being proposed, for example, by Patrick Kaufman, Ed Mazza, others, many others, uh, again, well-respected Catholics, you have priests around the world, like this priest in Italy, he's thinking the same thing. Uh, now, as far as I know, he's the Pope. That's that's my position. He's the Pope. Yes. Does it doesn't mean a Pope can't be a bad Pope? Uh, right. But uh, but I'm open to hearing fellow Catholics and uh, and and the way the reasoning process, the evidence that they want to bring to the table. I mean, you and me think like cops. Anyhow, we have that analytical mind. We're saying, oh, show us the evidence. We're open to it. We want to see evidence. But uh, nonetheless, he let him know that there are people that have real questions about him and uh and his election yeah and so you know in the end jess uh let's just say the catholic church uh veers hard left and and, and you know and and basically changes things that it has no authority to change well i think at that point it'll be uh self-evident uh at that point you realize uh he cannot be authentic because we know that the church that the you know that the church uh cannot change the deposit of faith that was yeah, once for, given yeah for example like if he would say that there are four persons in the four persons in the trinity and that's uh yeah you know and then you must believe in that at that point we'll say okay uh yeah you know that that would be a clear sign that this would be an anti-pope yeah and, and he's pushing the limit with things like Pachamama and other things. Uh, yeah. Yes. Go ahead and I say I say it's yeah. over the limit, not pushing the limit. But uh, go ahead and go go ahead and go to point number yeah. point that Father makes. Point up point number two to aggravate the aforementioned doubt based on the highlighting of the substantial inconsistencies found in Benedict the declaration on February 11, 2013. He says, in particular, having noted that he renounced, yes, his 
ad, ad ministeria, but not the munis, uh, was then added in 2015, the biography of the card. He says, Godfrey uh, Daniels authorized by himself. He says, <clears throat> during the presentation of which on September 29th, as it appears from the videos and on the internet, he says, he had the unfortunate idea of revealing the existence of an unknown uh, group. And he's talking here about the St. Uh, Gallon Mafia. And he says, but, when, but then thinking he was being ironic instead of causing a great scandal, he added, uh, he added, the, they called the group the Mafia. So essentially, um, I think what he's saying here is that uh, there's this group, the St. Gallen Mafia, which is a group of liberal cardinals uh, within the church that he is, I think, alleging that they put pressure on, on the Pope. And that if that is the case, Jess, it's in, it's in violation. Uh, it, you cannot force a pope uh, to resign. You, you yes. might want to uh, elaborate. That, yeah, on that's this, what Jess. that's what he's making. That, that's what he's saying there. He says uh, Cardinal Daniels is a man of the left, by the way, hard left. He's part of this one of the leaders of the Saint Gallen Mafia. Uh, okay. He was he was sidelined by Pope Benedict, and he was brought back to life basically by Pope Francis. Yeah, where it says here. Especially since it is now certain that this group, the St. Gallen Mafia, was clearly hostile to Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, or better, to his ecclesiology. And so, but even if we, even if the pressure against Ratzinger in the meantime elected Pope and the agreements in your favor were true, and even knowing the provisions of Article 81 of the Apostolic Constitution, <coughs> University Dominici, Gregis, uh, that was written by Pope John Paul II, that you can't uh, uh, coerce or, or menace or threaten somebody to leave the papacy. Perhaps, I say, perhaps, I would not have come to speak to you as I speak to you, that is, to ask you expressly and publicly to retire to private life. So here's the third time this priest asked the Pope to retire. This is the third time. Especially mm -hmm. since it is now certain, also admitted by, the group of St. Gallen Mafia, that this group was clearly hostile to Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger. Uh, okay, so that re it repeats it there. He says... Um, yeah. Well, oh, just before that, he says that, yeah, yeah uh, you know, you could even go to Wikipedia, and Wikipedia knows that they were hostile to, you know, to Joseph Ratzinger. Even, so, this stuff... Go ahead, Jess. Yeah. Point number three. He says... This is a Catholic priest in Venice, Italy, speaking to Pope Francis. He wrote a letter to him, a letter of fraternal correction. He's, he's asking him to resign. He's asking him to step down. He is. He says, number three, if I do so, it is because I have observed something anomalous, almost schizophrenic in your oral and written teaching. As if, as if, he meant, as if you had a double personality, or in any case, unresolved personality disorders, which are unpleasant in everyone but all the more so in, in, in he who exercises legitimately or illegitimately, or illegitimately a public office, even more of a pastoral office and spiritual guide. There are times when you speak very well with great human sensitivity, sweetness, knowledge of the problems, even with lines of poetry. And there are other times when you speak in a strange, ambiguous, paradoxical way. Oh, that you are worth little 
oh, that you are worth little as a teacher of faith, this is evident. Sometimes you don't even seem to have faith. And it seems that you're only interested in uh, the earthly horizon. So, almost disguising yourself behind the role you play. You quote Christ, the saints, sacred scripture, but you seem to feel you, you seem to feel a stranger in all of this. It seems that in doing this, you're following a cultural pattern to which you are bound, not a deep conviction. All this is very unpleasant. Your superficiality, your theological carelessness, your cultural horizon stubbornly fixed on certain truths, untouchable for you, makes us uncomfortable. Talking about all of us Catholics around the world. It's unpleasant to make the comparison. It may offend you, I suppose, but how can you not see the abyss that separates you as a teacher of faith and Christian life from a Benedict XVI or a John Paul II? On some points, then, you certainly went astray. Here are some. Your theological carelessness, uh, your, your cultural horizon stubbornly fixed on certain truths, untouchable for you, make us uncomfortable. Okay, it seems like it repeated itself right there. Yeah, yeah. So, Jess, let's talk about that for a second. He's talking about his earthly horizons. That's basically when uh, when the Pope seems to be focused more on issues like global warming and yes. and uh, and and things that that really don't pertain to the faith. Uh, more, you know, commanding Catholics, you know, essentially saying that if if we don't take the vaccine that we're going to be uh uh that's that somehow this has a, a, it's uncharitable you know uh, yeah he's also, also, it, yeah yeah here's also uh having you know bringing in he won't meet with four cardinals that have concerns over some of the statements that he's made and written but he'll bring in hollywood actors they fly in all the time to visit him entertainers People from the World Economic Forum that are that are avowed enemies of Christianity, uh, you'll find uh, you know uh, b- people from Bill Gates's camp, uh, George Soros's camp. Uh, you'll have uh, a lot of their underlings to go visit the Pope. They hold a lot of them are holding special seats of honor right now in the Vatican. Uh, this is the problem. This is a, yeah. Because Paul, there's an old saying: "Tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are." And yes. many, and this is what this priest is pointing out, that many of the people yeah. that you keep company with, Pope Francis, these people are avowed enemies of Christianity, enemies of the church. Yeah. I remember when he wouldn't let uh, Cardinal Burke, you know, in the Vatican because he didn't have a shot. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you think about it for a second. You have a is this cardinal. microphone on? Gosh. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you, Paul. Yeah, here's yeah. what he says on point number four. This is Father Pellegrini. He says, your vision of universal fraternity is not the Christian one, but the Masonic one. You should know much better than me that we as Christians call ourselves brothers as baptized, not as members of the so-called human family. The church has always taught us, and you should know too, but you don't, that we are brothers by, by grace and not by nature. He, he asked, Father Pellegrini asked Pope Francis, are you a Freemason? Are you a Freemason sympathizer? 
Have you denied wow. the true doctrine according to, to which those who adhere to masonry are in grave sin? And if this is not the case, why do you constantly repeat thoughts of Freemasonry, passing them off as Christian thought? It reminds wow. me of, of his letter, Pope Francis' letter for Telly Tutti, uh, written to the Muslims. And the Freemason leaders throughout the world, they were rejoicing the next day upon its release. As they read the letter, they took to the, uh, to the press and they made statements, the, the world leaders of Freemasonry in the different countries, and they were saying, finally, finally we got a Pope that speaks just like us. Finally we've infiltrated the Vatican. And so uh, the Freemason, the Masonic leaders around the world, uh, they say that that document and the language that Pope Francis used is is uh, is their is their basically Freemasonic language, and this is the Father Pellegrini's asking him. He's yeah. just asking him. He's just point blank. Are you a Mason? Yeah. You're listening this to Jesus Romero. <laughs> this isn't Paul Clay asking the question. No, this, this is the Holy Father Catholic Pellegrino. priest. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. Uh, stick <laughs> around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, one of the bravest Catholic priests around the world right now. There's a lot of brave Catholic priests, but this one definitely, uh, this one, his middle name is Courage. He's a, a priest from Venice, Italy, Father Floriano Courageous Pellegrini writing a letter from his heart to Pope Francis's heart. He's putting his thoughts on a piece of paper. This is a Matthew chapter 18, 15 way of fraternally correcting your brother. And this is exactly what he's following. The, the things that he's saying here are, 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 are spot on. Point number five, Paul, uh, on the letter. Can you, can you please share that? Yes. You're, your ecumenical vision is off-road, quite rightly. Many faithful very scandalized. Wonder why they keep hanging out with members of other religions with an itch and with statements that leave you stunned. You shouldn't have claimed, as you did, that all religions are a blessing from God. You shouldn't stand as You shouldn't. And you should uh, stand aside. By, you shouldn't stand side by side with exponents of other religions. You have to, and should repeat if you are pope that ex ecclesiam nulla salus. Instead, that is outside, to say, outside the church. Salvation. No, outside the church. Yes. Salvation. Instead, you have done it, and you stubbornly do not want to do it. On the contrary, while you push for so-called dialogue at any cost with severe and reprehensible uh, attitude, you prohibit the faithful who love the Tridentine liturgy from continuing to celebrate it. But how dare you be the master of the spiritual life of others? Therefore, uh, maximum respect, in your opinion, for atheists, agnostics, Buddhists, Globalists, Freemasons, Lutherans, Muslims, and a hard fist 
with traditional Catholics. Jess, wow. what he's saying there is just yeah. so true. Oh. Listen, he, he he's broken down just, you know, it, you know, from the beginning of this saying that, listen, our brotherhood is, you know, is not tied to the sons of Adam. You know, our brotherhood is in Christ. Our brotherhood exists because of our baptism. Uh, uh, we have been, uh, uh, you know, uh, brought into the family of God and the New Testament is clear on that. And that's where, you know, uh, you know, our brothers and sisters are. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't charitably with all of those other categories, as you know, Jess, but at the same time, you see a the hammer dropping on traditional Catholics who love the Latin Mass, who, according to St. Pope Pius the, the, the tenth, he said it was the greatest prayer on human earth. How do you how do you how do you deal harshly with the greatest prayer on human earth, which is nothing short of the representation of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? How do you how do how do you restrict that? How do you as you know, the bishops claim to be following, you know, orders in restricting the Latin mass in their whole diocese. Just how do you even justify that? And at the same time, you want to hold hands with with, with with religious beliefs that are that are foreign to the Catholic, that are foreign to the historic Christian faith. Yeah, let me make a comment there on, on, on that section five, number five from Father yeah. Pellegrini. Uh, I'm I'm so glad that Pope Benedict back in 2000 he he basically reaffirmed Ecclesium Nulla Solus. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger was signed by John Paul II. Outside the Catholic Church, there's no salvation. That was reaffirmed under the pontificate of John Paul II, written by Cardinal Ratzinger. It was really his theology, uh, and mm. so this is the theology of the Church today. Now I get it that we are not we are no longer the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, for example, the U.S. is not Catholic, neither is Europe. <laughs> Europe is is more satanic than it is Catholic. If 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 uh, if the truth be told, it's more Luciferian mm -hmm. than it is Catholic. Yes. And so, uh, as a result of that, there are some concessions that we have have to make. One of the concessions that I will make is that again, these Buddhists and, and all these other people that are mentioned, Muslims. They are my brothers on a natural level uh, as, as, uh, as offspring of Adam and Eve and myself as an offspring of Adam and Eve. But they are not my brothers on a supernatural net level under the kingship of Christ. So Amen. the problem with, with Pope Francis is that he writes very imprecise. The, the, he needs to be more precise when you make statements like that. It's very simple to explain that. You'll say, well, yeah. Even with an atheist that doesn't believe in God, he's my natural brother according to Adam and Eve because both of us are offspring of Adam and Eve. We're both sinners with a fallen nature under the kingdom of darkness, the Adamic sin. But that atheist across the street from me, he's not my brother under the supernatural uh, new yes. covenant of, of Christ. Again, it, it would be simple for Pope Francis to say something like that but instead, he'll put the he'll throw these ambiguous phrases out there, which cause a lot of consternation, a lot of again consternation of the faithful because we're saying, wait a minute, that's just not true, because yeah. his language is so imprecise uh, in, in many instances. And, and again, 
another thing yes. uh, that you just, another thing that you just read there. Let me just uh, yeah. where, he, where he says um, it'll come to me right now. Go ahead, it'll come to me. Yeah, yeah, my, my you know, yeah, I you are. He's uh, a master you know. of imprecision, Paul. Paul, he's a master of imprecision, and that's not yes. good. The one, yeah. uh, uh, the sign of a great theologian is precision in language. Well, you have to be when we're talking about these things. You have to be precise when you're talking about these things. You cannot be ambivalent. You cannot be ambiguous. You have to, you know, uh, especially, uh, you know, in his position, his he is charged with safeguarding and yeah. passing on the faith. And so when you we live in a time of moral relativism, Jess, we live in a time where Everything is being pushed to say, hey, can't we all just get along? You know, I call it the, the Rodney King, uh, you know, uh, uh, theology. You know, we, hey, you know, you have your way. I have my way. Hey, it's whatever works for you type thing. Or we don't have to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, really enemies. We can all worship God. You know, there's certain truths in every faith. And therefore, you know, let's just hold on to that truth. No, people need to come to Christ. That has been the message of the church. That's what it means. There is no salvation outside of the church because Christ, the church is the physical body of Christ. And so uh, Christ said, I am the door. Christ said, you know, uh, uh, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sin. Okay. He wasn't saying they're looking right at him. He used the divine name, the same name when Moses, when the uh, when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and he said, "Lord, you know, I'm going to go to the people and they're going to and tell them, you know, the God of your fathers has sent me, but I don't know the name." And God said, "I am who I am. You will tell them that I am has sent you." And the Jews knew full well what Jesus was saying when uh, you know when he says, "Unless you believe that I am." Uh, and at one point, they picked up rocks to stone him because they said he blasphemed. Yeah, well, that's everything you just said there is Roman Catholic teaching. And uh, yeah. again, we just have uh, the the Pope seems to be when he he's when he's when he speaks, it's very imprecise. And uh, there's a lot of modernist theology in his writings. That's the best yeah. way I can put it. Uh, yeah. po po uh, paragraph number six from Father Pellegrini, he says, Lastly, but I could say much more, even in the three years of the phantom pandemic, your attitude was one of the one of supreme scandal of total submission to the indications of the exponents of the big pharmaceutical companies and of the collaborative governments of the new world order, an order decidedly Masonic elitist in favor of transhumanism and of declared satanic inspiration wow that sentence right there says everything this this priest knows exactly the score on planet earth he, he knows exactly what's going on he writes mm -hmm. how could you sink into the abyss by declaring the so-called vaccines morally licit even indeed morally dutiful brother you did it big you taught evil and led to evil for this one sin of yours against humanity for which you have never asked forgiveness, <laughs> you should retire. There, there's a fourth time you asked him, Paul. The fourth, I, I'm, I'm yeah. writing it down here. The fourth time, yeah. It yeah. is the general condition of the church that prompts me to speak to you in this way. It suffers. 
the church. We have learned to love her from our earliest childhood and to feel respect and honor her as our spiritual mother. And by our own earthly mother, she was indicated to us the most, the, as the most precious treasure we would have in life as an open tabernacle and one with the closed tabernacle present in the churches. What a bloodied Christ, dead and resurrected, alive in time, his mystical body, his life of souls. Oh, the church for which we have desired all good and at whose service we have made ourselves available. Oh, the church, epiphany in the time of the eternal new Jerusalem, towards which our steps joyfully, joyfully hasten. Yet the church suffers. Do you remember the day you said yes to God in the priesthood? And the day you repeated and brought to sacramental fullness that yes in the episcopate. So renew those yeses, either by weeping bitterly like Peter over the betrayals committed and changing your life, or by retiring to the private life and calling a new conclave. The present and future of each of us is in the hands of God, who as who is, as the Holy Father Leopoldo Mandique used to repeat, doctor and medicine. Therefore, we entrust ourselves to him where the spirit of filial, that means brotherly, trusting total abandonment, I do not ask you to listen to me, but to listen to what in your conscience these fraternal, frank, and priestly words of mine can suggest to you if you read them sincerely. Father Don Floriano Pellegrini, one of the bravest priests on planet Earth right now. We'll be back. We'll mm. continue talking about me and Paul are going to chop it up on the fourth segment and give our reflections on this. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Hey, we're back, family. Jesus 911. We're, we're uh, reflecting and pondering on an incredible letter written to Pope Francis, and it's entitled, Dear Brother Jorge Mario Bergoglio, it's by a Catholic priest in Venice, Italy, Father Don Floriano Pellegrini. Paul, some of the highlights in the letter for me, well, first of all, what he's doing is, is, uh, is, uh, is straight up Catholic. What do I mean by that? In the Catholic Church, you have what's called the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy. This is, this is the tradition of the church. It's uh, mentioned in paragraph, uh, I think it's uh, I think 2247 of the Catechism, of the New Catechism. One of the spiritual works of mercy is, number one, to instruct the ignorant. Number two, to counsel the doubtful. Number three, to admonish the sinner. He's doing all three. He's firing all, on all cylinders, this priest. Uh, and, and, he, and, he's, and why is he writing this letter, and why did he make it go public? Well, let's just be honest. We're not kids here. The fact is, Pope Francis, he knows that if you, if you are of the, of the orthodox conservative traditional stripe he has no business for you he yeah. won't even let you through the vatican door just like cardinal burke they he wanted to go visit the pope francis not too long ago and they said uh no you can't come in because you don't have the jab that's just a way just a way to keep him out uh so that he won't uh you know uh, speak about his grievances same with this priest he's well known 
He could have got through the Vatican doors through the Swiss Guard. They would have said, oh, there's that, there's that, here's the word that they'll use. There's that conservative priest, Father Floriano Pellegrini, uh, you know, who's, uh, who's, who's always, uh, you know, talking uh, or sharing these inconvenient truths. He wouldn't have got through the front door. That's why he had to go this route, Paul. Mm-hmm. Some of the highlights of the letter to me is the connection that he made at the end. Where he, where, where he rebuked the, the Pope in charity about having people take the jab and that he was part of it. That he was uh, basically all in with the New World Order. And uh, Father Floriano Pellegrini calls him out on this. God bless this priest. Good for him. What else jumps out at you from this letter, Paul? Yeah, you know, um, just... Uh, it sounds like, you know, well, the priest is saying anything that we've been saying for the last several years. Um, it, so it validates, you know, it's just not like we're not just a couple of disgruntled Catholics, you know, that happen to be, uh, you know, somehow disobedient. Uh, people need to understand that to, to be a First and foremost, we're to be obedient to Christ. Would be that we would obey God rather than man. You know, even someone in his higher position, in his in a holy position, as the Pope, he is. There are certain things that he can do, and certain things that he cannot do. Correct. And so, and so uh, again. When he, again, I I liken it to the fact that, you know, when I was a uh, lieutenant on the sheriff's department, right? And, uh, you know, I would send the guys out and I would tell them to do something. Well, as long as what I told them to do wasn't illegal, immoral, or unethical, then they they had to do do what I told them to do, you know? Mm -hmm. But, But if ever I gave them a command to do something that I had no authority to do that, and not only were they not obligated to not do it, you know, uh, had they done it, they would be held accountable. Yes. You know, and so why? Because, you know, when, when they would have been, you know, called to the carpet on the issue, they would have said, look, it, you've been through the academy. You've had training. You know right from wrong. So even if the lieutenant told you to do something that you should have known that this was wrong. And so whatever you did that I commanded you to do that you weren't supposed to do, then you would be held accountable and you may lose your job. Well, that's the same way within the church that that same authority structure works. You know, let every man work out his salvation. The Bible says in fear and trembling. God has given us a wonderful gift in the Holy Mother Church. Jess, he has given us a wonderful gift and the deposit of faith is set in stone. It cannot change. When people begin to, um, uh, and I get it. Here's the other thing that, you know, I remember when President Obama was the president and there were all kinds of immigration laws, you know, that's, you know, that if only he had enact, you know, uh, just obeyed the law, uh, everybody would have been happy. But he chose to say, uh, use his executive privilege to say, yeah, I know the law says that. 
but we're but but we're not gonna we're not gonna use those laws here. Well, in in the same way, that's essentially what they're trying to do with the Latin Mass. They know they have no authority to uh, get rid of the Latin Mass, but they're they're basically saying, yeah, it's there, but we're not gonna use it. We're just gonna put it in the closet. We're gonna you know until everybody forgets about it, and then uh, you know we'll just you know. That's my take on it, and yeah. you know, and that's why I can see that these things are—they uh, need to be addressed because the Latin Mass is means so much to so many faithful out there. And uh, I like it when he he brought it out in the letter. He says, "Who are you to you know to to, to meddle in people's you know <laughs> as they're trying to work out their salvation?" Essentially, is what he said. You know. Yep, and. Uh... I'll tell you, the Latin Mass has, has been around in some way, shape, or form since the fourth century. I mean, it's gone to, it's been tweaked and modified here and there, uh, but it's been around since the fourth century. You could even argue, <coughs> you could even argue that the Latin that the Latin worship has been around since uh, since Calvary. Why do I say that? Mm-hmm. There were many Roman soldiers that spoke Latin. Guess what? There were many Roman soldiers at the feet of Christ that were acknowledging Him as Lord and Savior in latin i know we read it in our english bible that the centurion said truly this is this was the son of god he said it in, in latin he didn't say it in english uh there were many roman soldiers that came to faith and were professing their faith in the latin language at the foot of the cross so i would argue that that's that's how old that language is when it comes to the worship of god it was at calvary roman soldiers were 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 worshiping him in Latin as they came to faith, as the Holy Spirit came upon them in such a powerful way, and they were able to see truly this was the Son of God. They didn't say it in, in English or Spanish; they said it in Latin. Also, what makes the Latin language uh, uh, sacred is that it was affixed to the cross of Christ, the instrument of our salvation. Hebrew, mm-hmm. Greek, and Latin. John chapter nineteen, the Bible tells us that the, the the alleged crime of Jesus was affixed in three languages. And so because those three languages were affixed to the to the instrument of our salvation, the holy cross of Christ, that precious wood, the Catholic Church has said that those three languages are sacred forevermore. Yes. You'll find that in, in Mass, in the Latin Mass, and even in the Novus Ordo Mass, when it's done properly, You'll find all three languages are used. For example, when you hear the word Kyrieleison, Christieleison, Kyrieleison, that's not Latin, that's that's Greek. When you hear the word Alleluia, that's the way they say it in Greek. The, the Hebrews say Hillel Yah or, or, or Hallelujah. In Greek, you say Ah with an A, no H, Alleluia. And in Latin, you say it the same way. Uh, the word Amen at Mass. That's not English. That's not Spanish. That's not Latin. That's Hebrew. You can't change it. It's Hebrew. It's actually pronounced in Hebrew, Amen. A-H hyphen M-E-H-N. And so again, that's a Hebrew word that's found in, 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 in both Masses. You also find the word Hosanna. Let's say in the English Novus Ordomat, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. The word Hosanna is not English or Spanish. It's Hebrew. It means save us. That's what it means in mm. Hebrew, save us. We're calling God to save us. So the, the, the Latin Mass uses all the biblical languages. 
And the Novus Ordo Mass, mm-hmm. when it's done properly, it uses all three sacred languages that were affixed to the cross of Christ, the three languages that make hell tremble. Paul? And Jess, I think you've pointed out before that the, uh, the exorcists uh, exorcist have have told you the priests that are exorcists they've told you that uh the demons they don't like latin and number one because it is a dead language uh it uh it, it you know it's not used on a daily basis to curse god you know what i mean no. like yeah. like like all the other languages so yeah. so it's it's kind of preserved in history for sacred liturgy um yep. yeah and, and all of those things you know you know they add up to say that this is a good thing. Uh, you know, this is this is something. Uh, this is it's actually a gift. And here's another advantage: when you when all the church uh, uh, understood and had their their missal, they had the vernacular to t- you know in their own language, whether it be French, Spanish, English, and then they had the Latin. You could go anywhere in the world, and uh, everybody was was learning latin and, and they like you said the prayers in latin and uh, you know so if i went over to france i could go to mass and i'm not lost because i can just follow along right there in the latin because they're using it as well and i have my english and they have their french but we're right there we know what's going on that's right paul a church militant asked father pellegrini they asked him a question has your bishop or the vatican reprimanded you and asked you to refla- refrain from any further interventions in the protest he says uh, Father Pellegrini says, so far no bishop and not even the Vatican has intervened to pr- reproach me. Let, th- let them do what they think is best. I am sure God helps me as he always helped as he always helped the simple in the course of history. If they forbid me, I will continue because as the apostles themselves say in sacred scripture, we must obey God rather than rather man. than man. Hey, just he is a true spiritual martyr. He's willing. <laughs> he's willing to go down uh, literally to have his Head spiritually decapitated for the truth uh, would be that we would all be so brave and so willing to give our lives and lay down our lives. Let's not forget he is within the chain of command there. He's looking forward to retirement. He spent his whole career. He's 66 years old. And guess what? He's like, hey, uh, what can man do to me? We, I must be faithful to God. I must obey God. Let's, <laughs> let's pray for him, folks. Yeah, let's pray a Hail Mary for him as we end the show. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for Father Pellegrini now and at the hour of his death, amen. Virgin most powerful, pray for him and protect him. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Hey, see you next time, family. God bless you. Keep the faith. Up next, Gary Machuda. Stick around. Hands-on apologetics.